Frankie, come. Frankie, come. Come on. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Stay. How about you? Can you come sit and stay for the next 30 minutes? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Good boy, Frankie. Hello there, and welcome to the November 2018 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devon from Canada. Well, I have another one of those mysteries for you. In an old edition of Newsreel Magazine, which is a, an American publication, there was a song called My Guide Dog. But, as is very often the case, there was no artist name or author attached to it. The only thing I know over and above the title is that this gentleman trained at Pilot Dogs. So if anyone has any information on that, I'd appreciate it if you could let me know. The email address is theharness at bell.net. That's the harness, just like what a guide dog wears, theharness at bell.net. Anyway, let's begin the show with that song called My Guide Dog. When I wake up in the morning, she comes to my side. She wags her tail and says she wants to be my guide. She's my pilot guide dog. She's my friend so tried and true. She leads me through the sunshine and sometimes through the rain. Sometimes when it's storming, but she always takes me home again. She's my precious guide dog. She's my friend so tried and true. She leads me on to buses, to trains and airplanes. When our day's work's over, she takes me home again. The best friend you can ever have is your dog so good and true. And if you'll be good to her, she'll be good to you. Just like my precious guide dog, she'll be a loyal friend, that's true. There's a new kid on the block as far as guide dog training programs are concerned in Canada. And it's the CNIB Guide Dog School. After 100 years of existence, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind has decided to establish another guide dog training center in Canada, and I had the chance to chat with Victoria Nolan, the head of stakeholder relations. Well, thanks very much for coming on the program, uh, Victoria. It's good to have you. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. So before we get talking about the uh, new CNIB Guide Dog Training Program, let's uh, get to know a little bit about you. I understand that you are a Paralympian. 
I am, yes, in the sport of rowing. Oh, okay. And yeah. what, when was that? Uh, I actually, I started competing in 2007, so I've been to three Paralympic Games. So you're still uh, uh, working at it, eh? I just retired, actually. So I, I competed in Rio um, and then just went to the World Championships in September, and now I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm uh, throwing in my oar. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, when you were in uh, Rio, uh, did you um, uh, did you win a medal? Uh, we did. We won bronze. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So, when I think about the CNIB and guide dogs, um, I've heard from very senior guide dog users that when uh, Morris Frank uh, first came to Canada. Um, I guess back in the late 20s or early 30s, um, Colonel Baker wasn't too receptive to the idea of guide dogs. Uh, I guess there's been quite a turnaround. Yeah, well, I think, uh, I mean, you know, people who use guide dogs, um, I think are definitely out in the community more, have a high level of confidence and uh there have actually been some statistics that show the rates of employment are higher with guide dog users than with cane users. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they definitely are making a difference. At least I know they're not for everybody, but uh, for some people, they're making a really big difference. Now, that I find really surprising because a lot of people uh, are, are kind of against having dogs or animals of any kind in, in the workplace. So I'm glad that the that, uh, statistics are in our favor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are the, the laws protecting us, right, which, um, although, you know, it's still surprising how many people don't know these laws, but, uh, you know, through, whether it's the human rights, and it, it depends what province you live in, but uh, whether it's through the Human Rights Code or certain provinces actually have laws that can be enforced by the police that, of course, give you the right to be wherever anyone else is allowed to go. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that uh, you're going to be having your first class this month. Yes, it's very exciting. So we only started the program just over a year ago. And so, yeah, our first class will be graduating this month. Um, it's a very small number because we're just getting the program started. So we have six dogs graduating. Uh, but, yeah, it's very exciting. Wonderful. And um, do you have a, a facility that you train out of, or how does that work? So as of right now, we don't have a facility. Um, so where this, the class is taking place, so the, uh, the guide dog handlers will be staying at a hotel. So it is like a central location. Um, so they stay at the hotel and train with the dogs in that community, and it's just outside of Ottawa. Are you running into any uh, kickback from, say, Canadian Guide Dogs for the Blind, which is located in Manatee, just south of yeah. Ottawa? I'm not. I, I'm. I'm guessing that they're probably not thrilled that we are um, using a you know a location that's close to their school. We did honestly try really hard not to infringe on their you know their location and sort of the, their space. Um, it just happened that the guide dog trainers that we've hired actually live in the Ottawa area, and so just logistically that was the best place to make it work. But um, as the program grows, 
of course, we're a national organization. We're going to be looking to training and raising the dogs all across Canada. So are the uh, can are you at liberty to tell me whether the uh, people that are being trained during uh, November are uh, from the Ottawa area? We actually have a pretty good representation across Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, how many uh, uh, classes do you envision uh, holding each year? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's because, like I said, we're a new program. It's going to be um, developing gradually. So as of right now, including these dogs that are just going to graduate, we have over 40 dogs in our program. So wow. it's still not a huge number, right? So it's, it'll, it'll be slow initially. Um, and, of course, it, it totally depends on, you know, the success rate of the dogs. And we have, you know, predict, predictions of how many pups will be getting in certain litters. But, of course, you can't count on that. Um, so we're, we're learning as we go, but uh, we're hoping to grow over the years. Are you planning on using the usual breeds that are used for guide dog training? So CNIB guide dogs uh, is going. We're going to use Labradors and Golden Retrievers, or crosses of the two. Uh, so those are the only two breeds we'll be using. And uh, with the trainers that we have working with us um, believe that those are the two breeds that are the most successful. And how is uh, your relationship with uh, organizations like uh, uh, Lions Clubs uh, across Canada, seeing that um, uh, they have their own uh, training program and, and that sort of thing? We're really hoping that we can work together with Canadian schools and organizations like Lions, who've been, of course, extremely supportive of CNIB. Um, the intention here is to that hopefully we can work together and improve life for all guide dog handlers, uh, you know, regardless of what school the guide dogs come from. That's a main part of our guide dog program is, you know, to help with things like problems with accessibility or to help with education. Um, so my role, which is head of stakeholder relations and community engagement, uh, I work with guide dog handlers across the country. So it doesn't matter what school you come from, you can call me if you, you know, need support, need resources. Um, we still continue to have our uh, vet support. So if you, as a guide dog handler, if you encounter an extreme uh, vet bill, you can apply to CNIB to get some reimbursement for that, again, regardless of where your dog comes from. So we're really not trying to, you know, step on anyone's toes. We just want to be another option for Canadians. What uh, gave rise to CNIB thinking about establishing a program in the first place? So there was, I guess there hadn't been a lot of research done um, in speaking specifically to guide dog handlers and what their experience was like. And so some research was carried out that made CNIB realize things aren't, like everyone just assumed, you know, that we've got Canadian guide dog schools, everything's fine, but in looking into it, there are quite a long, quite lengthy uh, waiting lists for the Canadian Guide Dog Schools. Um, in some cases, schools are not accepting any new applicants. And a lot of Canadians are turning to the U.S. because 
for whatever reason, a variety of reasons, but one of them is there's, you know, a shorter wait time. And so there was the realization that there is a need for more Canadian guide dog schools. Another thing that helped with the decision is uh, the fact that now CNIB has sort of split into two entities. So we've got the um, vision loss rehabilitation, uh, which has split from the foundation side. So there's definitely a lot more uh, resources and money available now to go into something like a guide dog program and, you know, other foundation programs that will help support our clients. Since now uh, on the foundation side, we don't have to um, spend those resources in things like, you know, orientation and mobility skills or uh, daily living skills. Um, that's been taken over to the vision loss rehab side. And uh, how about the uh, guide dog uh, training program? Is that also vision rehabilitation? No, vision that's a foundation program. Oh, I see. So that's separate, yeah. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Uh, so um, is this is you you say that this has been in the works for about a year. Mm-hmm. And how many um, uh, trainers do you have on staff? time, as you probably can imagine, that's a very um, specialized uh, position to be a guide dog mobility instructor. Uh, so there aren't, uh, there aren't many available in Canada, you know, you have to look internationally, uh, but it's, we're actually starting to grow pretty fast. So now we're at uh, we've got four guide dog mobility instructors, and we also have a uh, guide dog trainer. And we're going to be looking to start an ambassador, or not an ambassador, we're going to be looking to start an apprentice program. Okay. So that, yeah, so that we can, um, you know, start to get some Canadian staff who uh, obviously will train with uh, our guide dog mobility instructors that we have now. Mm-hmm. hmm And how long do you think that your uh, classes will be? I believe the plan right now is a three-week program. And following that, those three weeks, uh, the guide dog mobility instructor will go back with you to your community just to make sure that the transition goes smoothly. Mm-hmm. You're in your own community and in a, you know, a new environment from where you were training. And there will, of course, be ongoing support um, You know, once you've made that transition and your, your instructor leaves, you know, if some, an issue comes up or you have questions, um, they will be available to come back out and work with you. As well as, obviously, the fact that we're CNIB, we have orientation and mobility instructors as well across the country that can work with you. Yeah, they seem to be much more knowledgeable about uh, guide dog handling now than they uh, used to be years ago. Yeah, I know um, a lot of guide dog schools are providing support to them, and, uh, you know, when they're if they happen to be in town providing workshops for O&M instructors, so that's something we would like to do as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, you've got this class starting uh, this month, and are you planning on doing any more during the winter, or do you have your next class scheduled? Yeah, we're trying to avoid training in the winter, uh, especially if it's going to be happening in the Ottawa area. Yeah. <laughs> the weather's pretty unpredictable. And, well, you can predict it's going to be cold. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, there won't be any training happening over the winter. We'll start again after the spring. Okay. If uh, anyone wanted uh, more information about the 
program, is there a place that they can go to find out more or someone that they can contact? Definitely. So you can check out the website at cnibguidedogs.ca. And if you want more information, you can always contact me. It's victoria.nolan at cnib.ca. All right. That's great. Is there anything else that I should be asking you? One difference of the CNIB Guide Dog Program that's different from some of the other guide dog schools is we will be able to provide food for the guide dogs for their entire life. So yes. The reason why that's significant is there are some people, some Canadians, who uh, cause the cost of having a dog is a barrier to them for, you know, to have a guide dog. And so if we can help remove that as a barrier and you know, provide people this opportunity, then uh, we are happy to do that. And how about uh, veterinary costs? Yes, similar to other schools, um, the veterinary costs will also be covered. Everything, even the routine stuff like vaccinations? Yes, so the goal for the CNIB Guide Dogs program is that there's no cost to the handler. Ah, yeah. okay. All right. Um, well, thank you very much for chatting with us, and all the best of luck with the uh, the program uh, this month, and of course, anything else that you do, and uh, let us know if we can help with any more publicity. Thank you very much. I found an article on a website called cuteness.com. And it's called, Is Your Dog Crazy? And it goes through a number of the strange behaviors that some of our dogs can display on occasion. Now, the one thing I will say is when it refers to a condition called pica, P-I-C-A. My screen reading program calls it PICA, <laughs> but it is PICA, which is something that you probably may have heard of. So anyway, here's uh, this article, Is Your Dog Crazy? Is Your Dog Crazy? 22 Strange Dog Behaviors Explained by Marissa Leoto. Bullet, 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 bullet. Have you ever wondered about your dog's strange behavior? Our dogs do the darndest things. Whether they are stealing our underwear or constantly pacing in circles, our pooches have some habits that make us scratch our noggins. Here's a list of pretty bizarre doggy behaviors, but don't worry, they come with explanations. Eating tissue paper. If you catch your dog eating non-food items like tissue paper, chances are he has a condition called pick Pika can develop when the dog doesn't receive nutrients from his regular diet, from boredom, or because an odd eating habit turned into a compulsion. If your dog has pick teach him commands like give it or leave it and associate those with the paper. Regular exercise is also helpful when dealing with pick If the problem persists, consult a veterinarian. Sniffing your crotch, we've all been there. You meet a friend's pup for the first time and his nose heads straight for your crotch while you try to casually walk away and pretend this isn't happening. With no regard for your embarrassment, dogs use their 
their superior sense of smell to gather information about the world around them. Humans have a higher level of pheromones in their crotch area than any other part of the body making it the best spot for dogs to sniff and garner the information they need. Let the uncontrollable embarrassment commence. Random squealing not being able to speak dog can get in the way of knowing what your pup wants or why he keeps squealing. Truth is, there can be a lot of explanations for a random squeal. A squealing or whining dog could be exhibiting enthusiasm, fear, loneliness, feelings of neglect or discomfort. Examine the context of the squeal. Was your dog just presented with a treat or is he walking on rough concrete? Gather more information before making a final verdict. Pacing in circles beware. Constant circling can be a sign of doggy distress. Pacing in circles can mean your dog has behavioral or health problems. If the pacing seemed to come out of nowhere with no explanation, be sure to take your dog to the veterinarian for an immediate examination. Stealing your underwear on, we're back to the pheromones. Underwear is the second most popular non-food item dogs eat after socks. Undergarments carry your scent as they are near that high concentration of pheromones. Your dog is either gathering more information or stealing your undies to find comfort in your scent. Be sure to put your underwear away in a place your pup can't get to them. Ingesting chewed up pieces of cloth is not good for your dog's digestive system and constantly having to replace your undies is no good for your budget. Leaning on you did you tell your dog that when he's not strong, he will be his friend and you will help him carry on? Maybe you sang the lyrics to lean on me to your pup and he's taking the suggestion a bit too far. A dog that's constantly leaning on you can mean an assortment of things. Your dog can be showing fear or even his dominance. A lot of the time, he just wants your attention. Eating poop now that's just nasty. So why, oh why, do dogs eat poop? The technical name for this dirty habit is coprahaga and it can be difficult to break. Dogs ingesting poop can stem from latent medical problems or a lack of nutrients like vitamin B. If you have multiple dogs in the household, more submissive dogs may eat the poop of the more dominant dog. We dot can't dot even. If you have this problem with your dog, try to make his stool unappealing. Add in some meat tenderizers, sulfur or even crushed pineapple to his diet. These additives will help with his digestion and make him finally think his poop tastes gross. Licking tile floors, sure, you appreciate the cleanup help, but why is your pup always licking the tile floor? Perhaps your dog is just hoping to pick up a crumb or two or maybe something more serious is going on. Compulsive licking can be a sign of nausea or anxiety. Licking tile floors specifically can be due to a dietary deficiency. If your floors are clay or brick, they can smell like certain minerals that are missing from your dog's diet. Make sure your dog is getting all of his necessary vitamins. Aggressive humping? No, it's not just sexual. Okay, sometimes it is, but a dog humping your leg or another dog or an object can have a long list of explanations. This behavior can be a dog's way of sizing up another dog, expressing anxiety, or simply a way to get attention. Humping is normal canine behavior and starts at a young age. Make sure to stay ahead of the game and discourage this behavior as soon as it begins. Smelling fishy lets me real. Pet ownership can get downright awkward. Doggy parents that have a fishy smelling pup know all about this. A fishy odor coming from your dog's behind is a sign of backed up anal glands. Increasing the fiber in your dog's diet is sure to help the problem, but you should definitely consult a veterinarian if the problem persists. Crying while asleep. Can you think of anything sadder than a dog crying in his sleep? We sure can't. Luckily, this crying or whimpering may not mean your dog is depressed. He's just dreaming. Dogs that make noises in their sleep are likely dreaming about the events of their day. If you hear your dog crying in his sleep, don't wake him up. You may startle the poor pup and end up getting bitten. Let lying dogs sleep. Staring at you. Staring competitions are fun. Dot 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 until they just get creepy. Your dog may stare at you specifically while you dress. Why? Canine scientist Julie Heck told cuteness. Dogs often watch us. Period. Watching or attending to us is a major way dogs get information. That or dot 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 
if here wants something from you. Dogs may watch us dress for a cue of what's coming next. Your clothes can tell him if you're leaving for work or taking him on the walk so he must pay attention, even if it does creep you out. Biting his paws. Dogs chew on non-food items all the time, but if your dog is biting his paws, this is a sign that something is wrong. Continuous biting or licking of the paws can indicate a skin problem, parasite, an injury, or an internal health problem like arthritis. This is one that warrants a call to the vet right away. Sleeping between your legs. Cuddle time. Your dog loves to be near you. Small dogs especially will sleep between your legs because they can fit there. The reasoning behind this one is clear. Your doggy wants comfort and affection and this is the best place for him to feel close to you. Precious. Running around after pooping. Pooping can make you feel free for sure. But why do some dogs run around after they poop? This explanation is a bit disappointing because we don't actually know for sure why a dog would run around after pooping. We do know that running feels good. Your dog may run around because he feels relieved dot 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 and lighter. Hiding under the bed here's another that requires some more context clues. A hiding dog can be a sign of anxiety, fear, or a need for comfort. Is there a new person in the home that your dog is not comfortable with? Were you just in the middle of trying to give him medication? Maybe it's a hot day and it's nice and cool under the bed. Read the room before making any final decisions with this one. Sitting on other dogs, your dog can look downright silly as he goes up to another dog and well sits on them. The behavior looks odd but it's fairly common among canines. A dog will sit on another dog if he's feeling playful or if he wants to establish dominance. Regardless of his reasoning, train your dog not to do this especially if you have a big dog with an eye for poodles. Keep it safe, people. Only eating when you're home, it's heartbreaking enough to make you stay at home forever. A dog who refuses to eat without his human may suffer from separation anxiety or merely be a slave to habit. Puppies learn how to eat from their bowls when humans are there instructing them. You probably praised your puppy the first time he found his bowl on his own and chowed down. You may even stand over him and watch him eat those first few months. So yes, it's your fault. Kidding. Try taking your dog for a long walk before leaving the house. Get him good and hungry before you you go and leave his food where he can see it dot 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 he'll figure out the rest. Sitting on your feet a precious pup lying on your toes can hold a variety of meanings. Your dog can simply be showing you affection or trying to establish dominance. If your pup is feeling uneasy he can lie on your feet to feel comfort and safety. Your dog might also be guarding you from someone or something he perceives to be a threat. You may see a lot of dogs sitting on the feet of pregnant women peeing during play. Hey man, it's happened to the best of us. Sometimes we get a little too excited and whoops. A bit of pee escapes us. It's no different with your dog. Potty accidents are common in puppies while they adapt to a new home and get house trained. Excitement urination is a very real thing in puppies who don't have full control over their bodily functions yet. Try not to reprimand your pup for this behavior. Instead, try to stop the problem before it arises. Give your puppy attention when he's relaxed instead of hyper. Your new sheets and shag carpet will thank you. Refusing to pee on fake grass dogs are notoriously picky about where they potty. When the dog refuses to pee on fake grass it's usually due to a matter of smell. AstroTurf might not smell like other dogs. Dogs want to pee on grass that smells like dogs. This way they know this is an appropriate place to potty and they can cover the scent with their own, asserting their dominance. If the fake grass is cleaned and doesn't smell like a canine companion, what's the point? Chewing on wood catching the stick is one thing, but everything changes when your dog starts gnawing on your new coffee table. Chewing on wood can be very satisfying to your pup. It's a natural behavior as chewing is a primal instinct for foragers which dogs are. Beyond his natural instincts, your dog may chew on any wood he sees out of boredom, anxiety, or if he's teething. Keep your dog stimulated with chew toys that can ease his anxiety or any oral pain while saving your furniture.
Well, that just about brings us to the end of another edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to catch you again on Friday, December 21st. Bye for now. This is Sean Klein, regular host of Everything with the Kitchen Sink here on the Global Voice, and on the fourth Friday of every month, I'll be bringing you Odds and Sods, a half-hour monthly show featuring interesting things and curiosities I've found on the internet touching on a variety of subjects. From humanity's first recordings of its own voice in the 1850s, the federal government bouncing shortwave signals off the moon, an old World War II era film about the use of radio during the war, auditory illusions, alternate musical scales, what noise does an ostrich make, a dinosaur? We'll be exploring these and much more on Odds and Sods. 1730 UTC, every fourth Friday of the month, here on the Global Voice. Check the program schedule for repeats. And now, for today's multiple choice trivia question. Wally Harding is A. Sick in bed. Wally sick in bed? Oh boy! B. The Flying Dustman. Too much garbage in your face? There's plenty of space out in space! Hello, world! C. A Fierce Hunter. Striking fear into the hearts of chickens everywhere. No! Get on with it! Go on! All right up the tail feather. D. The wacky host of Wally Worldwide on the Global Voice. Heard every Friday at 18 hours UTC. Just mad. Absolutely mental. Or is Wally Harding, E.E., a robot taxi driver? You are now free to move about the cabin. Tune into Wally Worldwide for the answer to this and many other pressing questions. Fridays from 18 to 20 hours UTC. Right here, on the Global Voice. Check the broadcast schedule for repeat times.